You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influences. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next. Hello. Hello, hello, happy Friday. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. Oh, here we go. Uh. Trophies <laughs> selected by our guests. Yeah. I'm your host, Jessica King, also the producer of Fox's hit show, Dish Nation. Check it out. And I'm joined by the hilarious comedian. Tell us who you are. Nick Purdue, guys. There you go. Check it out. <laughs> and we have a very special guest today who chose our theme song for the day. Please welcome Leroy's Hawkins. Oh, thank y'all. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. We ain't playing. Thank you for having me. Is this your song of the moment? Yeah, this yeah. Jam? I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying Drake these days. He's yeah. Making, he's making songs that I can relate to. Nice. Well, let's get right, right into it. We're going to dig deep. Learn okay. a lot about you today. Let's do it. So you grew up in Chicago. Yep, Harvey specifically. Harvey, Chicago. Yeah. And you attended Thornton Township High School. That's right. How did growing up in Chicago affect who you are today? <clears throat> well, I think it made me um, everything I am. It made me everything I ain't, um, in a sense. Um, you know, I I was, I was, I don't want to use the word sheltered necessarily, but I was able to avoid most of the distractions, um, like, you know, the gangs, the drugs, and the and the violence um, that, that's that's very prevalent in Harvey, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. But I was able to avoid it because, you know, I just had a powerful household. My grandparents weren't going for that. I went to a private school um, all the way up until uh, high school. Um, and so when, when I got to Thornton, I wasn't necessarily, I hadn't already been affected by the choices to, you know, sell drugs or be involved with those types of things. So Thornton was a different experience for me, but I still kind of had um, the side effects. Like I still lost close friends. Oh, wow. To the to you know gang violence and things like that, um, so 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 growing up for me you know I was I'm I'm, I'm from the hood and so I understand it. it it's in me, but I'm not of the hood in the, in the sense that you know I can I can be here today with Great. us and I and I can kind of tell that story. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now while you were at Thornton, you yeah. uh, played basketball. Right? Yeah, a couple of years I wasn't bad. I was bad. <laughs> you you had a, a a nice old crossover. You know, I, I didn't have to cross people over, man. I played the four and the five. Okay, so, so you, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah. I had powerful post moves. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And you were also a champion on. You were a state champion on the uh, speech team. Yeah, yeah. Right? That that's, that was my bread and butter. That's when I discovered that I can entertain, and then I started. You know, and and in my opinion, that's when I really started making a difference okay. in my life. Okay. Well, what was your biggest focus? Was it basketball or was it speech? Though? For for a little bit, I I, I tried to juggle both, mm-hmm. and then it got to the point where my coaches. Speech coaches, basketball coaches, they they made me decide um, because the, the schedule's conflicted. Right. You know, speech team and, I mean, the speech season, the basketball season, they were the same. Um, so I ended up going with speech because I did, like, the funny events. I started off in stand-up. Like, mm-hmm. speech introduced me to stand-up comedy. And it just felt better to make people laugh than it did to watch that ball go through the net after a while, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I, I had I had to rock with uh, with uh, with what I felt better about, and I'm glad I did. 
There you go. Well, after high school, you stayed close to home and you decided to attend Illinois State University yeah. where you studied acting. Yeah. So you already had your sights set on the acting bug. Did you ever want to try to go to a, a school closer to the West Coast, maybe? Um, no. You know, Illinois State, when I went and visited uh, that school, it was one of those colleges that felt like a college. It was far away. It was far enough away from home for me to feel away, but close enough to where, you know, if I really needed to reach out, I could still get that love. Um, and I really enjoyed the program. You know, the nature of the program for me was was incredible. They, didn't, they don't really, like, throw you out there to the acting wolves mm-hmm. right when you get started. They allow you to get your feet wet. You can't even really start um, doing any plays until, like, your second semester. Right. So, you know, I really enjoyed how they let me take my time with that. And going to Illinois State was the best decision I could ever have made because, because I went to that school, I ended up getting cast in my first movie, which was The Express. Um, the Ernie Davis story. Yeah, and um, had I not gone there, then I wouldn't have had the chance to um, to meet that casting director that I graduated from Illinois State that was casting the oh, movie. Okay, so he went back to the school to cast it. Yeah, it was she. Her name was Jennifer Rednicki. Okay, and uh, with her being an alumni, she sent a she sent an email to the theater program looking for a black actor that could play a black athlete, mm. and I was probably the only one in the program at the time <laughs> that could pull that off. And so I went to the audition, really doing a favor for the program, not knowing that it was a major motion picture. Mm-hmm. And so when I walked in and I saw, like, all the posters of the films that I enjoyed and some of my favorite movies, I went to the bathroom, said a prayer, did some push-ups, <laughs> and the rest is history. Is that your routine, do some push-ups, pump you up? Yeah, yeah push up, push-ups and prayer. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I get down. So how many push-ups did you do before this, this interview? Um, you know, I did, like, 25 in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> So now, while while you were in college, you also auditioned for the role of Otis in uh, Chicago Fire. Yeah. Right? So now, if you would have gotten that role, uh-huh. would you have not finished college? Because uh, you were yeah. this close to, to graduating. Yeah, I was pretty I mean? close to graduating. I was like a, a few months away, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was ready for it. Yeah? I was, yeah, I wanted to leave. You would have taken like, it? Of course I would have. I would have <laughs> taken it, man. And, and um, But, you know, it was one of those things where it just wasn't in the cards. I'm glad mm-hmm. it worked out the way it did. Right. Because uh, uh, Yuri is doing an amazing job with that role. It's probably my favorite over there on Chicago Fire. Mm. And um, and the Chicago PD opportunity wouldn't have worked out. And I think being a cop, especially where I'm from, where cops aren't necessarily the most respected. So to be able to play a, uh, a police officer and then go back to, you know, on my block and, you know, see a little homie that, that sees me on TV. Mm. Um, you know, I can just shed the police in a different light because I play a character that has integrity and, right. um, you know, treats people the way they want to be treated. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it worked out for the best. And so I had to buckle down those last three months <laughs> and make sure I got out of there. Yeah. But um, but it was cool. Yeah. That's good. And, you know, also being a positive role model, you know, you know, being a, a young black man on mm-hmm. TV, you know, people could look up and say, okay, and you're not like a thug on TV. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm used to playing those thug roles. My first few uh, characters um, that, that I book for guest spots were, you know, hustlers and gangbangers, drug mm-hmm. dealers, um, which is fun to play, you know. But yeah. Um, you know, I'd much rather be play one on TV than one in real life. You get right. paid a lot more too. So. <laughs> right. But right. um but but yeah, but this cop role was it was, it was definitely special, right. So what was the audition process like for it? Um it was it was one of those things where I was actually I was doing a play at the time. I was doing a play at the Goodman okay. Theater in Chicago. And um I, I was fortunate that they allowed me to audition for it. Because, you know, the play schedule and the, and the shooting schedule could have conflicted, but they allowed me to do it. And I just auditioned once. I heard that they liked me. Next thing I know, I was I was doing my thing. But I think they already had me in that back pocket from Chicago Fire situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting the role wasn't as hard 
as or difficult as the stress and the anxiety of waiting to see if the role was going to carry over to PD mm-hmm. or if PD was going to get picked up in the first place, um, right. you know, for NBC. So that part was probably the most difficult for me as an artist. But getting the role, you know, I just went in and, you know, I did the prayer and push-ups worked again. Well, while you were on fire, the producers got to know you and heard about where you were from, and they kind of made this role after you being from Harley, right? Yeah, yeah. How does that feel? Is that, like, so flattering to know Man, that, you know? that's one of my favorite things. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about it. Um, you know, when they told me that the character was going to be from Harvey, I I believed them, and, and, I under, and I liked that. But then, you know, later on, we'll find out that he's really from Harvey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just something that they, that they that they told me to feel comfortable in the in the skin of that character. It, it's it's a real fact mm-hmm. about this person, and um, and I think when Harvey finds that out, you know that that's going to be something that they can be proud of. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. Well, going back a little, because you know, like we said, you initially auditioned for Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. That role went to someone else. They mm-hmm. kept you in mind. You got an even bigger role, which is this is like your first major role. Yeah. Are you like a firm believer, like everything happens for a reason? Oh, of course. Of course. It's one of those things, you know, I tell little homies when I go, you know, to schools and even people just in general when they're trying to, you know, strive for their dreams and they're trying to uh, attain a certain amount of success within what they love, mm-hmm. I tell them that you got to trust your faith and not your feelings, you know, mm-hmm. because my feelings were a little hurt. When um, when NBC decided to change the ethnicity of the role uh, that that I thought I had in the bag, mm-hmm. you know, and then my feelings were a little hurt when I started to see people in the original cast of Chicago uh, PD start to get replaced and fall off, mm-hmm. and I thought I was next, you know. So my feelings kind of gave me that anxiety, and my feelings kind of, um, you know, made me scared for myself. But 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 if you trust your faith more than your feelings, because your faith. Faith kept me motivated. And yeah. Faith kept me encouraged. And if it wasn't for faith, then um, I, I probably wouldn't be here. Awesome. That's strong. That's strong. Thanks, Doc. So now, and because on, on the show, you're actually the only officer who is from Chicago. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you know, so so you didn't have to have to fake it. Nah. <laughs> like like some, some of these, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but like, did your upbringing help help you really kind of develop and get into this character? Absolutely. Well, he, he's a lot like myself. So you know, he's he, he's real cool. Mm. He's, you know, he's a funny guy. Um, you know, I, I try to be as, I try to be as loyal as possible, especially to my partner um, and to the force. Um, but yeah, but 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 the street savvy mm. that 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 I have or that the character has definitely helps me in situations where uh, where I need it. Like there's this one episode that is, that is that is aired where um, me and my partner we find ourselves in a tight jam because our car gets jacked up because I was attacked by somebody that was high off heroin and so i got to go fix my car naturally i can't go take it to the to the um to the shop that the force has because mm-hmm. that'll take a month and so with me knowing somebody in the hood that can go fix it and mm-hmm. i can offer him like 300 dollars a foot like a gift cards for him to hook it up <laughs> for me you know what i'm saying those, those that's when atwater is powerful those are his strengths you know he likes right. to cut corners and right. use his uh use his connection in the hood to get him where he needs to be okay yeah but now, like, were there any distinct advantages that you have? Uh, I guess that some of your other other co-stars don't really have because you know. Yeah, well, I think the main thing was you know they weren't used to that Chicago code, right? You know what I'm saying? It, we had probably one of the longest, most powerful winners that I've ever had in my life of living in in Chicago, and you know 
these 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 L.A. actors, they're they're strong <laughs> actors, but it's hard to act like you're not cold when your lip is about to fall off. You know what I'm saying? Blood is thin um, out here. Yeah, you know? yeah, they blood just thin. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie, it was a couple times where I felt pretty disrespected by my own city, man. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it got cold. Yeah, I'm talking about to the point where I want to write the writers uh, a letter and ask them if they can write in some scenes where I can be eating some soup <laughs> or just you know doing Wearing something warm. Or something. Yeah, because you know the writers they in L.A. and they just enjoying this L.A. weather and they writing us these spring scenes <laughs> where we got these light jackets on and we running around. I'm like y'all got to come out here and write this stuff, man, right. so y'all can understand what we're going through. <laughs> <laughs> it got crazy. So yeah, so I think that that would be an advantage that I had over the cast, over the rest of the cast. They weren't really that used to the cold, mm. you know. Well, you mentioned a little bit earlier that cops uh, in Harvey don't necessarily have the best reputation. Mm-hmm. So how did this affect the way that you portrayed this character? Like, Were you a little nervous at first when you found out you'd be playing a cop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. And, um, it, but I, I fell in love with it when a couple things happened. The first thing that I had to remember was that there were cops in Harvey that did have my back, that, that, that I did respect and look up to. And, um, you know, those are my, my, my basketball coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, my freshman year of high school were, were cops. Oh. And, um, you know, I had to think about how influential they were in my life, how they instilled within me a hard work ethic, the character, the integrity that they instilled. And so, so sometimes, and I was a victim of it myself, uh, you know, the city gets so much bad press that you forget how much good actually can come mm-hmm. from that place. And so it took me a while to really remember, like, you know what? I can't, I mean, I would never bash my city or bash, you know, the people that protect my city, but just being real, it is what it is. And then I had to remind myself that, you know what, it, it's not what it seems on every end of the uh, spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just fell in love with it because of because um, of the cops that I got to work with on the show, mm-hmm. namely uh, Brian Luch. He's uh, he's our like, lead tech advisor on the show. He's something like a coach and a motivator on set for me. And I, I fell in love with with the idea um, of being a police officer just from his passion mm-hmm. and how he just really loves his job, how he really just wakes up every morning wanting to help people and get home, you know, is right. is one of those situations where, you know, it's you, you never know if you'll be back home that mm-hmm. night. And drug dealers and gangbangers feel the same way, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. those, those bad guys that are out there doing what they're doing, they're doing what they need to do to survive too. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, they wake up saying, I want to make it home just like cops do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about the show, Chicago PD, truly, truly um, reveals that dichotomy of, you know, the the cops and, and the robbers where, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get involved in, in everybody's life and you almost understand why they make mistakes. You almost understand right. why they make the decisions that they make. But uh, at the end of the day, we all have to live by them. And, um, yeah, that's what the show's about. Have you ever felt like an added pressure to make your character likable, especially to, you know, your friends and family members who Mm -hmm. may be watching who still don't like cops or think that they're all horrible? At at first I did. At first I did. Um, And I think I had to really let that go because it was kind of adding to the stress of the job that I didn't need. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, the first day of shooting, it, it, it all hit me that, I'm playing a character that's regularly on the show and people have to love and care about me week by week. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, I thought in my mind that I had to do things or do some extra stuff to make people really want me, to make them really care, mm-hmm. to make them feel at water. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's, it's all about the show. Chicago is the star. I just had to learn how to trust the writers and trust my cast. And we all trust each other in a way that we don't really try 
to make our characters pop. We just play our roles, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, and the show pops. Thus, we get a little shine as well. Right, right. Now, because you talked about trusting the writers, but you know, mm-hmm. being from Chicago, do you ever see any, any storylines you're like? That doesn't really make sense because, like, it wouldn't really happen in Chicago, or are they um, like really good with? Everything? No, I mean they're really good with it, and they're getting these stories from 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 cops that have experienced these things. Okay. You know, and the writers are doing a great job of um, collaborating with each other to find stories not only just in Chicago, but in areas around Chicago as well, mm. where things like this have actually happened. Mm. Like one one of the cases that I was that I was confused about once was. Um, was uh, I think it was episode four where we were in the hoarder house where my, me and my partner had to go and uh, essentially arrest this lady for just being dirty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it. My partner didn't want to do it, but at the ultimately we had to um, we had to go in there and, and, and figure something out. And so we heard this, this this random noise in the basement, and you know that lady was hiding her own son in the basement. And that's an actual story of a situation that happened somewhere. Wow. Wow. Um, and I was like, wow, this, you know, I sat down with the writers once and they told me that they're pulling these from true events. So if it's not happening in Chicago, it's happening somewhere. Doing all their homework. Yeah. So, but do do they ever consult you or like, are, are you ever called in for, you know, like a little tweaking on Every now and, and then. When, when it comes to, um, you know, the those, those scenes where they need that authentic hood type of, type of reaction you mm-hmm. know um every now and then i might you know get my input on on what certain characters might be doing on the block what games they might be playing like you know shooting dice or are they playing video games or would they be playing spades or do these dominoes look right does that right. look realistic <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know just right. just just regular stuff from you know from from culture that we would recognize just right. to make sure that it looks right. right yeah stuff like that so yeah that happens well, we want to take a little moment to congratulate you on the renewal of the second season of Chicago that. PD. Woo! Uh, thank you. Thank That's y'all. really awesome news. How blessing. did you hear the news? Um, I heard the news. I think at first it, it was we, we have a group uh, message, the cast. And I think one of the cats in the group message just mm-hmm. said it randomly. Yeah. And, you know, I was um, I think I was at a Starbucks <laughs> and I was just I just looked down at my phone. And I was like, they pl- are you serious? You know what I'm saying, and yeah. I just got really excited. I called my grandma, and she got excited. Yeah. I mean, because I didn't, I didn't expect for us to know that early. Yeah. I honestly expected for me to be going through the summer, or through the hiatus, not not knowing, mm. and mm-hmm. you know, and trying to, you know, like with the same anxiety that I had before right. the season started. Right. But right. but I was I was thankful that they let me know ahead of time because I ain't need the problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are obviously doing something right. Yeah. The even bigger question, mm-hmm. how did you celebrate once you heard the news? Man, what did we do? Um, oh, you got to remember. You pop yeah. bottles. <laughs> well, you know, bottles get popped. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Bottles get popped. Bottles got popped. Um, the, the first uh, season premiere, okay. bottles were popped. Um, and I think bottles will be popped again. Um, once once we start the second season, but right there in that moment, to be honest with you, um, I didn't. I, I just I just took the news pretty calmly. Um, I think it really humbled me, you know, mm-hmm. and it made me really uh, sit back and because we were still we were still shooting the first season, okay. so you know I didn't really want to get too carried away and start thinking too far ahead. Mm-hmm. I still had a zone to be in, right. so um, to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to. It's probably not going to hit me till we start right. the next season, you know, and then I'll get excited about it. But as of right now, I think, you know, everybody's still pretty focused on the episodes that we have yet to air, promoting the rest of the season, making sure that the finale is as huge as possible. Yeah. 
So, yeah. I mean, but now, when you were in line at Starbucks, as mm-hmm. opposed to getting like a grande, did you go ahead and just get the venti? Yeah, I just got the venti. <laughs> right. I said, you know what? I think I can afford this one. <laughs> right, right. Y'all can take this tall back. I don't even want it. Y'all can somebody <laughs> in the back and have it. <laughs> and then I got Coffee the venti. for everyone. And then I'm going to get an extra whipped cream on that, too. Right, good, good. <laughs> I got it now. I got it. Second season. Yeah. So, now, are you grateful that you get to uh, pursue your dreams while staying close to home? Uh, absolutely. Oh, man, I'm not going to lie to you. If this would have happened in L.A., or 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 Miami mm. or something, man. My grandma really had to pray for me. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because when you're away from home, or you're away from where you're rooted, and this and this being my first opportunity, and me still being pretty young and fresh, mm. um, you know, th- th- things can happen. And and yeah. you know, I think I think I'm good. But at the same time, uh, for me to be uh, with with the same friends that I grew up with. For me to be at home and I can still like see my little sisters. I can still after set after a long you know work day. I can still go back and eat some of grandma's food. I just recently moved downtown. You know I didn't I didn't really I, I shot the entire first season in Harvey. You know mm-hmm. while commuting back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you know all that I think really just kept me as humble as possible. Right. Um, you know and to do something like this where you're rooted. Um, not only do do you feel. Um, blessed but the people around you do too right and then the cool part about it too was that i was able to um help the extras uh casting department cast certain roles oh, cool. um you know like uh my nieces and my and my nephews and some of my cousins some of my friends mm-hmm. like i was able to put all of them on you know what right. i'm saying and they have That's never awesome. been able to experience that right and so for for us to look up every wednesday at nine o'clock and and see us on tv as opposed to just literally. me right. yeah literally it's like we all in this you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. There's an opportunity for all of us. So that was dope. My little brother, um, my little brother, he went to West Point uh, for three years, decided to resign because he wanted to act. Mm. And right around the time he made that decision was right around the time that um, Chicago PD happened for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, naturally the, the, the comfy position of graduating from West Point Military Academy is, is, is comfortable. But I told him, I was like, bro, if that's not, if that's not what you want to do, you know, if you want to follow your dreams, you can you know what I'm saying? Because right now I have an opportunity where if you need it and if you need the support, I can support you. So it made him, it made that decision for him that much easier, you know, mm-hmm. to to come back and and uh, and start uh, chasing his dreams. And as soon as he did, uh, he hit the ground running, and I was able to help him get a. Well, I I didn't have to do it actually. He he got it on his own, but um, but uh, he came and got agents. Him and I have the same agents, and he also, he landed a role on the show. Wow, you know, and so his first acting gig was was, was on mine, you know, right. and that was that was, that was special to be able to do that. So that's the advantages of doing it at home, yeah, because you know yeah. they they trust the people that you can bring to the table. Watch out for the Hawkins family. Yeah, we ain't playing. Famous. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to little bro Lamar Hawkins <laughs> at Illinois State right now, getting cracking, studying acting. Love it. Hawk really Doggy awesome. on Instagram. I was <laughs> check him out on Facebook. Check him out. Yeah, but but let me ask you how. Is the entertainment industry in Chicago different than Hollywood? Man, I didn't really understand how powerful Hollywood was. That I was like, I'm out here for a week, and it's a different beast. Right, mm-hmm. it's a different beast. I mean, from from the like, I'm not gonna lie. When I go to Chicago, when when I'm in Chicago, and I walk up to the club, and I tell them I'm, you know, somebody tells them I'm the Royce Hawkins from Chicago PD, that holds a little weight, you know. Because it's Chicago PD, I'm from Chicago, and they they care about that stuff. Mm. They don't care about that out here though. Like <laughs> yesterday, I tried to finesse that situation, and they was like, "That's cool." 
<laughs> but he gonna have to pay this fifty five dollars to get in. Where'd you go, man? Where we at, bro? I don't even remember the Oak or something oh, like that. One, one, oak. Sun, one, one oak. oak on okay. Sunset. Yeah, 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 they didn't care about me, man. So they're charging fifty five dollars to get in. I don't know how much they were charging, oh, but fifty. Oh, yeah. bottle, bottle service. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They wanted me to buy bottles and tables f- yeah. for people that's, that's, and know. all that stuff. And I was like, man, I know, right? Man, Hollywood, so so Hollywood. that's a different beast. But even as far as the industry is concerned, you know, Chicago is a, is a, is a, is a, is a smaller market, mm. you know. Um, naturally, we're on the rise and the come up because we're getting a lot of new TV shows and they're shooting a lot of films and mm. whatnot there. And that's exciting. But, you know, it, it still can't really hold a candle to what's going on out here in, 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 in Hollywood. Like, you see big billboards that are as tall as the building that it's on, mm-hmm. advertising and promoting stuff. So that just, I mean, this is what, this is the mecca mm. of, of entertainment, you know. And I came out here and, um, and and I enjoy it, you know. It's something I think I've been ready for for a while, so I'm not overwhelmed. It's just good to see. It's good to be here because you can feel that energy. Right. You don't feel that same energy in Chicago. I mean, it's cold, right. but... It still it still lacks that that fire, right. you know. But now, as as Chicago's budding, like, do you see more opportunities popping up in in Chicago yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're seeing people. Um, you know, I got I have buddies that actually live out here or in other um, in other powerful areas like like Atlanta's and New York's mm. that are trying to get to Chicago now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like you know, we I think I think there were at least six or seven TV shows being shot. At the same time, because we all share at the same production office, mm. um, and you know, naturally, they're, they're pulling people from these areas because they know a, a, an LA actor or a New York actor is going to come to Chicago and, and get it cracking. But um, the Chicago talent, I, I think, is a big. I, I think what's important to understand is that the Chicago talent at this point mm. has to do their best to make sure that they're not letting LA actors or New York actors, no offense to them, but coming to their city. And and take, take over, roles, yeah. you know, because because Chicago is a great place for talent, real raw talent, and yeah. um, and 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 whatnot. And so, I think it's more of a wake up call for for Chicago people than it is for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you've had your little taste of Hollywood, you think you would make plans to come out here full time, or you'd miss your grandma too much? I would miss her dearly, <laughs> but um, I'm you know. I think I think Chicago will, will always be where I'm based. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see myself definitely. I mean, this is right now. Um, you know, in a perfect world, I would hit a ceiling in Chicago that would, you know, force me to have to move out here right. full time. And so, if that happens, you know, that's that's a bridge I'll cross when I get there. But you know, I I, I really like how my career started thus far, mm-hmm. and I think it would be hard for me to uproot. Um, from Chicago, so I think my base will always be there, right. and I just, you know, I kick with y'all when I can. <laughs> well, playing a cop is such a strong and memorable role, especially yeah. for a TV show where viewers are watching you every week yeah. in this role, as opposed to like a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever worry that being a cop in your first major role might typecast you for upcoming roles in the future? Um, it's something that I thought about a little bit, and I don't really think I have a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I think that it actually sets me up for the type of for the types of roles that I want to do. You know, I like to think of myself as a uh, as a guy that can handle action, as a guy that can that can handle drama. Even though I have a comedy background, I think um, I think it's there. There are certain elements of this character that that is showing the world that you can take him seriously mm-hmm. as an actor because he plays a, a serious kind of professional. You know, and I'm looking forward to that moment where 
I'll be able to show them that other side. I think I'm introducing them to a part of me right now that doesn't come as naturally as the humor mm-hmm. and the funny. And so I think it I think it'll be dope when I do switch it up and people mm-hmm. say, Oh wow, he, he actually has a has a range, you know, and a little versatility. Well, speaking of that range, what are some specific roles that you would like to play in the future that you've always dreamed of or thought about? Um, you know, I, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle when I was a little homie. <laughs> and if, if you know, I know they make a lot of Ninja, a lot of Ninja they Turtle just, movies. They're making the movie. They're making right. one right yeah. now. I'm excited about that. But, you know, stuff like that. You know, I, um, I, I, I work hard to be able to make sure I keep myself in the, in the, in the shape to where I can do those kind of those kind of things, you know, where I might not necessarily be a Ninja Turtle, really, but, you know, just something, yeah, so something like a Hancock, <laughs> something like a Hancock, like Hancock. what Will Smith right. did, uh-huh. you know, but I'm also, um, I'm also very, very in, in touch with, um, with a movie like a Ray mm. or, or Forrest Gump, you know what I'm saying, that mm. kind of, that kind of has a, a sense of history to it, you mm. know, where people can, can look at a character or, or a persona that they used to love and then we get to relive it through whatever I bring mm-hmm. to the character, you know. But a funny thing, I um I was playing spades at, at, at one of my friends' house um out here and you know, I had a little audience and I was, you know, uh, being funny and people were paying attention. And uh but the young lady she looked at me, she said, You're like a sexy Craig Robinson <laughs> <laughs> And I was like <laughs> and I took that as a powerful compliment. That's funny. <laughs> Because you know Greg Robinson, he's hilarious. He's funny, you know? yeah. But if he got chest naked, he might not. He might be hideous. <laughs> Who's to say? But I, I take that. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> wow. Uh, as a black man, are there any roles out there that you just absolutely would not take? Um, you know, I learned. My, I think my theater background kind of teaches you not to, not to do that. You know, um, I, I mean, I did a, a big play. Um, back in my old school called Equus, where I was a horse, you know, and I never really saw myself. And I wasn't like playing a horse. I was a horse. And and I had to make people believe that I was a horse and not a guy acting like a horse. Mm-hmm. And, and, when I, and when I pulled that off, I told myself that I wasn't going to tell myself that I couldn't do anything, right. you know. And so I think I think I'm open to uh, to, to any kind of role, um, you know, naturally. There are things that you know may or may not make somebody uncomfortable, and if it if you if you don't feel like you can represent it, then you just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't disrespect any kind of you know concept or idea. But I'm pretty open to anything at this point. Oh, but, all right, but let me let me ask you. Yeah. Right. So, would you do you know the Tyler Perry in Medea and you know, do the the makeup the and, and the dress and the whole thing? I can't say I can't because I have before. One of my I did I did a play a while ago where I played a character named Miss Josephine, uh-huh. and I got up every night in one of my auntie's dresses that she let me borrow, <laughs> and I was and I was killing it, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it was you know that's that's right when that was around the time when Tyler Perry had really just came out, mm-hmm. um, and that was just the trend, and so that's what somebody asked me to do, so I did it, and I can't say I didn't enjoy doing it. It actually opened up more opportunities for me, mm-hmm. um, as a young artist. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, if I had to do it, um, I, I, I can't say that I wouldn't, especially if, you know, I mean, I get paid to act, right? right. you know, and so if you, if, if, if you put a check in front of me and say, this is how much we're going to pay you to act, I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. But okay, but now, but would you do like the Ving Rhames role in Pulp Fiction? 
See, that's, that's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, saying, you know, because if, I, I, if I, they put the check in front of you, this, yeah. this is how much we're, we're going to pay you. This is what yeah. the role is. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I, I tried to preface um, the, the answer to a question like this by saying it would, I would I, if I don't feel like I can represent the role mm. um, to, to the best that I can, then, then I won't. And I won't rep- misrepresent myself right. or any, you know, genre of of people right. um, for any amount of money, you know. Uh, but but if it's something like I said that I think I can do and I think I can represent myself and and the concept well, then then I, you know I'm gonna get it cracking like chap lips. Good answer. There you go. Yeah, cause, yeah <laughs> Hollywood is is a beast, you I know, know and it's a totally different beast in in Black Hollywood than it is you know in yeah. Hollywood Hollywood. You know yeah, I'm, I mean? I'm figuring so, that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you haven't been out of college that that long. No, right? a couple so, years. So did you think that you would have like this kind of success right out of the gate? Uh, no, no. Um, because I, I learned I learned early in my career because I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna be real powerful, especially after I, I mean I had my I landed my first audition pretty much, mm. um, and so from there I thought that it was just like that. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought I was I was the man. And I thought that every audition was going to be as easy, and I was just going to get them. And it took me a very, very long time to land my next situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it actually forced me to really have to go back to school. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I thought I was just going to be a overnight success. I was I was striking while the iron was hot, and I had planned. I thought about coming out here to LA and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it didn't really work out like that. And so I went back to school, and and it, that humbled me, and I learned that. I want to have a long career, mm-hmm. um, a career that, that I can be proud of. So I went back and studied my craft, and um, I think I got all that I could out of that out, out of that uh, uh, spot in my life. And I didn't expect that, you know, coming, coming out of college. I knew it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be a long, hard road. I knew I was going to have to trust my faith and not my feelings, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, so no, nah, I mean, this is a, a surprise to me. Like, I've been out here in L.A., and I've been able to come out here and, and just see things and meet people off the strength of my gift right. and off the strength of, you know, the, the character that I play on TV. Right. And I've been accepted, you know. And, that, I mean, I didn't – I just you, you, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know when. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the adventure of being an artist. Uh, that's what I used to love about it. It's like every day you can wake up and be famous. Right. You never know when that day is going to be, you know. Well, considering you're still fairly new to the business, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're still learning – so much every single day mm-hmm. to date what are some of the most important lessons that you've learned in this industry um not to take anything personal you know um that that it is a business mm-hmm. um i think the most valuable lessons that i've learned recently is just it's a business and um at the end of the day the, the you know colors don't matter unless it's green and you know you, you make the best decision for yourself and, your, and for your career, um, and and like I said, the, the faith over feelings thing is is just a theme for me. You know, is I wake up with that every day. What's the biggest challenge that you've faced so far? Um, I think the biggest challenge, I guess, is uh, is being able to let stuff go. Mm-hmm. You know, just just you know, there there there's a lot of pressure. Right. That comes on 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 uh, um, an actor that's that's on TV um, a lot. Like you know, just I had to learn how to just let things go. Sometimes I would walk away from set 
and and really be worried about what I just did on camera. Mm-hmm. And I would really not sleep some nights because I was just afraid of how I thought I looked or how bad I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and you see it and you're like, that's, that's actually pretty good, mm-hmm. right. you know? And so, I, yeah, that was one of the biggest, the biggest challenge for me was being able to just let my work go, mm-hmm. trust the show, invest in the show more than anything else. Um, and and if you, I think if you do that, then you you, you wind up on top, because the show is doing great, and that's all I yeah. care about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now, how many how many takes do you guys generally do when you when you shoot it? Man, you know it takes about ten days to shoot an episode. Okay. Um, I don't I don't take that many takes. I'm not trying to say I'm like a one one take. One take wonder. <laughs> They just don't give me that many. You know what I'm saying? They're like, Roy, we're going to give you about three or four takes to get this right, dog, and you figure it out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. But, um, but, you know, as many takes as it takes, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, we've shot, shot certain things for, for, for an entire morning once, you know. Just you, you got to get it right, you know, and we understand that time is money. But, but, you know, we work hard. So I think the most takes I've probably done with one situation, though, was maybe like close to like 12 to 15. Wow. You know. Because you guys shoot single camera, right? No, no. So, I mean, some usually it's two. Oh, okay. But um, toward the end of the season, we started rocking with three. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it got that serious. Yeah, you guys are doing big things. Killing there, right? Yeah. So uh, who are some of your acting inspirations? Acting inspirations? You know, I'm a, um, I'm a big fan of, of Robert Downey Jr. I think he's probably the most versatile actor um, that we have in the game. Um I, I like. I'm a big fan of, of, of Jamie Foxx. Mm. Um, I think I modeled uh, my style, my comedy style, especially um, from him. And then even in the way that he's versatile enough to play Array, mm. and and also uh, do a do a do a collateral or a movie like um, The Soloist. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Um, and 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 so I like that. I like to think that I can tap into those things too. Mm-hmm. And and as an artist, you know, I, I sing as well. And so the way that he utilizes uh, the strength of his voice and whatnot, you know, I I, I really enjoy that. So uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, Jamie Foxx, and Will Smith, too. Mm. Will Smith is dope. I mean, and it goes without saying that, you know, as a black actor, you look up to the Denzels and the Morgan Freemans, you know. Well, speaking of singing, you're also a musician, a spoken word artist, and watch out, Nikki, have some competition, a (laughs) stand-up comedian. Yeah. How did you decide to focus on acting? Well, you know, acting is, I, 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 fell in, I think I fell in love with that. Um, and once, you, it, it just became the bread and butter, you know. Mm-hmm. I still do everything. Um, I, I can't, you know, as far as a musician is concerned, you know, I sing, I'm working on on instruments. But but I guess singing is m- my instrument more than anything. And then, um, but but I still do those things. You know, mm-hmm. I still have a a regular uh, show that I host in Chicago called Refuge Sunday mm-hmm. that I do every last Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's where I get to flex out my material, and that's where you know you get a little stand up out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still sing. I, I had to sing at a friend's wedding not too long mm-hmm. ago, which was powerful. Um, you know, and 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 spoken word. That's something that. That you know, you get that itch, man, and you can just go to any open mic and just, you know, you do your thing. Just knock it you, out. Yeah, you talk about you know what's on your mind or what's on your heart. So, and th- and that's what I love about being in Chicago too. Still, is that I can still, still do all those, stuff. all those things that I'm that I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it informs my acting, and my acting informs all those other things, too. Which one is your true passion of all those things? Um, of all those things, acting included, I think acting is. Mm-hmm. I think acting is. Um, because I think you can do a little bit of that in all of them. Right. You know, there's, you know, when I'm when I'm doing spoken word or doing stand up, I'm utilizing skills that I learned in acting classes, and I'm, you know, I'm 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 flexing muscles that mm-hmm. that I will have to use on set and on stage. All right. Yeah. So complete the sentence. In ten years, I want to be blank. Stumped him. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because I'm about to give you a word. And I think it explains everybody and everything and what we all want to be. And so in 10 years, I want to be powerful. I thought you were going to say successful. I thought, I just want to be. <laughs> <laughs> in 10 years, I, I want to be powerful in, mm-hmm. in, in every sense of the word. I want um, power doesn't necessarily mean money. Powerful. Power, power, I think, expresses a certain amount of influence, mm-hmm. um, a certain amount of strength. Um, a certain amount of confidence, you know, in, in 10 years, if I can, if I can just be powerful, I think I'll be good. I have to agree with you. I think that's, that's something that we all want. Yeah. Well, before we take off, we want to give you a little opportunity to tell us what's next on your radar. What can we look forward to seeing you and stalking you and following everything you do on? Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, um, what, what, what the world can look out for um, is not only a, a, another season of uh, Chicago PD, well, you can follow my, my character, Kevin Atwater, and you can uh, watch him get it cracking like chap lips. <laughs> but we can also uh, find me soon reoccurring um, as a character on a new series on HBO called Ballers. Oh, cool. Uh, that'll be out soon. Um, Ballers has the rock, and, you know, it's produced by Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and Steve Levinson and those boys. And so I think that's going to be powerful. And then um, um, besides that, just, just expect um, to see a lot more of me um, really showing, showing the world what I can do. I got a website and a web series coming out soon. Um, I got a lot of fresh ideas and things like that 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 I think the world is going to check out. I think you might you may even see me as a, as a writer nice. um, on, on a show eventually. Wow! So so yeah, look we'll out look for that. that. Tell us uh, where we can find that website. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Okay. Online. Well, um, well, LeRoyceHawkins.com is coming extremely mm-hmm. soon, um, and uh, on on Twitter and Instagram and all those jazzes, you can find me at Royce the Voice, R O Y C E D A. V-O-Y-C-E. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank y'all for having me. I had a great time. You. Yeah, it was awesome. Y'all are fun. <laughs> Where can we find you, Nick Purdue? Under a rock. Uh, you can find me all over the internet at the Nick Purdue. And you can find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. Thank you for joining us again today. Until next time, we'll see you later. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.